It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Diane Cannon. I want to watch Megan with you in theaters okay, on like opening night. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come to this theater. If I that's want the case. to watch Megan. I want to see that movie so bad. I sent you that. I have not I gleefully sent you a movie trailer us. in a million years. I cannot get over how good, how horrible that movie looks. I can't fucking wait. Allison Williams is like the mom in that movie, right? It's From so like stupid, Girls or whatever. Yeah. That movie looks so bad. We're gonna so go see crazy. it. No, 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 Doug. Mark my words. We have to go see it together. It comes out in January. That's fine. We're going to go see it. We're going to go see we it. We have to. Maybe not at midnight, but yeah. we'll see. We'll do an episode for the Patreon. Yeah. Of Megan. Um, speaking of Megan. Is Patreon a thing anymore? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe it is. Megan, it's time. I think we have to do it on Twitch. I think that's where it. We'll, we'll t- do a Twitch stream of us talking about this the movie. This is cool. So it's time to watch The Muppets, Megan. Is it? Yeah. I think I forgot to watch this time. I'm did just you, kidding. I watched it. Like, did you not watch the I, Diane Cannon episode? I watched Diane this morning. That aired originally in the U.S. in on January 31st, 1980, and in the U.K. on January 25th, 1980. It's the 80s, baby. We're in the 80s. We're in the 80s. Oh my god, the decade we were born. Can you believe that? That's wow. crazy. We've come a long way. This this episode has some of that 70s stank on it, though. Of course. Like when well, we do this. it's just 80. It's just 80. When we do our first Diane sketch, it's got some real like 70s stank on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So cold open, Scooter knocks on Cannon's dressing room door, but she says she doesn't have to worry about the curtain. She was what? like. This is like the worst run on sentence that doesn't go Yeah. Anywhere. And you know what? That's not a good description of what happened. No. Because Scooter knocks on the door. First of all, there's a picture of Fozzie on the wall this time. <laughs> um, I love to see what pictures are on the wall when yeah. he knocks. Um, and she's like, can you tell me when I need to be on stage? Mm-hmm. And then he says something about worrying about the curtain. Yeah. She goes, I don't have to worry about the curtain. And then the curtain falls on her and he's yes. in on the joke. And when Scooter runs up to her, you can fully see Richard Hunt's extended arm. <laughs> I thought I saw something. Yes, I, think- I rewound it because I'm like, uh, that's a little too much lower torso for it's Scooter. too much Scooter's body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Scooter was like Scooter's in body. on this prank and I'm like, Scooter, you're like getting a little too comfortable here now. He like, a- you think that you're like a part of the thing. You are not. You're you not. in a sketch so far. Yeah. You need to calm down. Calm down, Scooter. Know your role. Know your role. And it's to go make sure that the guest is comfortable yeah. and ready. So our first segment... Kermit is interrupted by Fufu when introducing the show. Piggy attempts to assage. Assuage. assage. Julian Assange. <laughs> the situation by getting Kermit to speak to Fufu in baby talk. Kermit, wants to say hello to Dada. He wants to rip off my flipper. Make friends, make friends. Say ooh boo boo. Say what? boo boo boo. Say Udi boo 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 boo. Udi boo boo boo. Now will you get off the stage? Oh, come on. Off, off. Oh, let's leave old bad tempered froggy alone now. Udi boo boo boo. Come, dog. 
Then Jerry and the Atrix perform Hound Dog. Statler and Waldorf are impressed and note that they've been practicing since 1908. Okay, don't just skip over this. This is all one huge thing. This is like four things that happen in one blurb. That's so weird. So the sketch, what are they called? The Atrix? Jerry and the Atrix. Oh, yeah, I love this. Because her name's Jerry so and the Atrix. Much. It's all these old ladies, yes. puppets. So I think Gladys was disassembled to make that one puppet. Oh, no. She's a With the long she's, legs. She's, that looked like she Joyce. exists Don't worry. around I the, know. You're going to spill that iced coffee. <laughs> edit this out, Dad. <laughs> I don't... Okay, so... They're singing Hound Dog and, you know, You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, whatever. Great version of it, by the way. When Not they say... Lie. And then they clearly say the phrase, You Ain't Never Caught a Rabbit and You Ain't No Friend of Mine. And I'm like, I never realized that that's the line in that song. Really? Like, they're literally singing... The song is literally sung to a dog, it sounds like. Yeah, well, there was a hound dog on the floor here. Yeah, he ain't never caught a rabbit, so, and he ain't no so, friend of mine. So your family growing up, mm-hmm. neither a Beatles, Beatle, I mean, neither an Elvis nor a Beatles? No, we were, okay, we were purely Billy Joel. We were a Billy Joel household, and my dad, if we were listening to rock, he really loved Eagles. Okay. We had, we listened Did to Eagles, sing? Hell Freezes Over a Bunch. got me really in the e- is that the Eagles? Gentlemen out the town. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. Eagles, right? Have you had an yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's Eagles. Yeah, we were just, uh, we were really like, we we were hard and fast to Billy Joel family. And then we had this like old country cassette tape that my dad loved that got lodged in his old car. <laughs> and like all you could listen to in that car was this yeah. cassette for, a long, <laughs> for like maybe a year. That was all that would fit, in, that was all that would play. That was cool. Wow. So, because you know, you see a lot of, because I know a lot of people are like, no, it's either the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Or the Stones, yeah. But I'm like, no, it's either, like, people are usually like Beatles or Elvis. Who loves the Stones that much? You know? Like, I don't know. I think people do. I was so surprised that the Elvis movie. I mean, they're good. They're fine. I like the Rolling Stones. I think they're fine also. I like the Beatles. Yeah, I and, think the Beatles are fine. And I, and think I like Elvis, Elvis fine. too. So I could whatever. not believe when that Elvis movie came out that it was such a success. I'm like, I feel like so much time has passed between like the love of Elvis. Like when we were kids, I mean, you could still find like weird Elvis memorabilia yeah, that the previous we generations kids, had. Elvis was still fucking huge. Yeah. I mean, Lilo and Stitch is a movie made for a generation below us, but Lilo is obsessed with Elvis mm-hmm. in that movie. You know, like, that's a weird thing to write into a kid's movie, mm-hmm. especially for Disney. Well, Disney I, usually kind of stays almost in their own world. Well, you know, like, Pan-Asia, though. Like, I don't... Oceana. I don't know what to call that. Yeah. That that's, has a very big, like... They've adopted Elvis as, like, yeah. an icon. Well, I mean, and Lilo and Stitch is a incredibly Hawaiian movie yeah, exactly. also. So, yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. And you know that... Uh, he did all of those Hawaiian movies, right? Like... Oh, yeah, he did. Like, um... Uh, I can't think of the name of any of them, but he did a lot of Hawaiian movies. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Mars. Bruno Mars, I think, is from Hawaii. Yeah. And he grew up impersonating Elvis and then Michael Jackson, too. And that like, makes that's sense. how he became famous. Yeah, that really makes sense for his persona, especially. He was like a child, like, dancing king. Mm-hmm. Dancing king. Dancing queen. See that, see that boy. Watch that scene. Mm-hmm. So I also really am excited that Miss Piggy's dog Fufu has been introduced this episode. Little bunny Fufu. This dog is adorable. Um, it's a cute little the guy. The puppet moves so intricately. Mm-hmm. 
It's a good puppet for sure. Its little nose kind of like pulses oh. like it's sniffing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's very cool, like the way that they put so much articulation into it. Its ears move and everything. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Very cute little puppy. It looks like a real dog, and I think it is a real dog sometimes. Really? I think so. When they were in her dressing room at one point, I swear that a real dog is oh, moved and maybe. then moved down and then up comes the puppet. Well, they know? do that with the Muppet dog. Mm-hmm. They love to yeah, do that. Yeah, sometimes Muppy is fully just like a shaggy dog. Oh, and yeah. then other times it's a puppet of a shaggy dog. Oh, for sure. So now Kermie... So now Piggy <laughs> leaves Fufu with Kermit backstage. Kermit's I was say, did you really call him Kermie, dog? I read the wrong name. Kermie! Kermit passes on the job to Scooter, who passes to Fozzie, who passes to Gonzo, leaving Floyd... The only one left to care for the dog. Hey, man, I want to care for this dog. Hey, man, I'm fully a character this season. <laughs> I don't know where Dr. Teeth is, but Floyd is here to stay. I know. Where the fuck is Dr. Teeth? Writing all the songs. Janice showed up in this episode, and I was like, where's Janice been? Janice's voice wasn't Janice's wasn't. voice in this episode. No. I don't know what's going on with the with the band right now. Zoot, I haven't seen... Hiding your hair. I think they're having a Fleetwood Mac. You think they've... Yeah. So, well, the band's clearly all slept with each other. The but whole band has slept I with each other. I think they're f- probably fighting right now. You think so? Yeah. Maybe this is around the time that they that they find Lips to join the band. That that guy with the yellow hair. Oh my god, yeah. Lips, who plays... like, I think he plays trumpet. So now Cannon sings Civilization in the Jungle with Quango. And other jungle animals. As a jungle resident herself, she gains the attention of some pig explorers and penguin tourists. Statler thinks she's Moshe Dayan. I don't understand what that joke was. I don't know either. I think we're we're so young. We're so young. No, but she's just eye candy. Let's look up what her deal is. So Diane Cannon received her first Academy Award nomination for Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice with Elliot Gould. And uh, another for Heaven Can Wait. Okay, I've heard of Elliot Gould, and I've heard of it. Other films include The Last Sheila, The Revenge of the Pink Panther, and Death Trap. I wonder what The Last Sheila is. She recurred on Allie McBeal. Oh. And was a regular on the show Three Sisters, along with guest spots on Gunsmoke, Diagnosis Murder, and she was in Perry Mason and Rockford File movies. Oh my god, I just thought of a joke that Julie Klausner did in our... When we went to go see Double Threat, um, and she was pretending to be Woody Allen, and she was like, "I'm doing a sequel of Interiors. It's called Exteriors." Exteriors. So that whole. <laughs> so we went to go see Double Threat live last week, and Julie Klausner and Tom Sharpling reenacted a play they wrote of Alec Baldwin and Woody Allen out for lunch one day in New York City, where they rotated between playing Woody or. Alec, and it was so funny. It was very good. I was very, very good. It's half scripted, half actual shit that Alec Baldwin and Woody Allen have said to one another. It's a fucking nightmare. It's a delight. I wish I could do a Woody Allen impression like that. Oh uh, my they God. both have different Woody Allen impressions that are both terrific. They're not the same in any way. Exteriors. I can't even do it. They're, and I can't figure out which one I think is funnier as Woody. No, they're both They're funnier. both funny as Woody. Funnier. Like, they're both funny. So yeah, it looks like Diane Canyon, Cannon rather, is um just an Academy, not just, but an Academy Award nominated actress 
who uh, has just done a ton of different things. She was pretty funny in this episode. She was. I thought she was good. When she um, is backstage later on in the episode and um, Kermit warns her of the wig that's with her and she like very naturally, he says, oh, the wig just eats table scraps and she like throws the shit away and she, and she starts breaking the off table. a piece of the table. I thought she did that really naturally and very playfully. Like it was kind of perfect. It was very Muppets. It was yeah. great. It was great. It was exactly. It was like, like that Gilda level very Muppets, I think, in that one instance. Yeah, except Gilda is like one of the most captivating. I, she's obviously, I said in that moment, she's not <laughs> Gilda. Kermit tries to get everyone in place for the doggy in the window number, but Gonzo says they have to cancel because Floyd can't perform as he's still taking care of Fufu. I don't know why. Um, so like Piggy needed someone to take care of Fufu while she does the, the veterinarian's hospital sketch, right? But like, why is Floyd such a dickhead? I mean, he got stuck doing it, but, like, this dog is, it's a real animal. He just throws it into a dresser drawer. Well, let's think about Floyd. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's to get back to the band activities, and maybe he needs to get a beach. From you somebody. think he's acting out? No, he's I acting think... out. He's, he's just, like, mad. Because no, I think he just has other priorities. He doesn't know what to do with him. I think he's like, hey, man, I gotta go. And it's like the Every 80s. time They're Floyd doing coke enters now. a scene, he has to say, hey, man. Yeah, they are doing coke. Now. Yeah. They were just doing lewds, right? Yeah, quaaludes. Quaaludes. That, what, quaaludes? that yeah. was all the 70s. They were Now they're doing coke. So uh, he's just kind of like. His mind is elsewhere. His mind's elsewhere. This dog is snowy white, but it's not the right it's kind. It's not the right kind, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. In Veterinarian's Hospital, a member of Jerry and the Atrix is Dr. Bob's patient. <laughs> she tells so him cute. that she's an octogenarian, which is neither a religion nor a vegetarian who only eats octopuses. She's like, he, uh, she, he, blah, 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 blah. Ralph mm. was like, I don't care about your religion. What did yeah. she say when she was like, I'm an octogenarian? I'm an octogenarian. I like the idea that she's in the hospital now after the like the raucous performance <laughs> they just put on also like And it was I have to say that was a fucking banger. Mhm. I love that. I'm I really putting that in my top favorite sketches. As, as especially for like openers, you know. The, the openers this season are like, really strong. So good. And that they be like with familiar songs is really cool too. I'm really glad that we're getting more familiar with things. I wish I knew who wrote each sketch. I know mm-hmm. they don't have that, but it's like... I wish there was a breakdown of yeah. like, you know, I don't know, Richard Hunt brought this weird like bit to the to the table and, you know, Frank Oz did this, whatever. I wish there was more of a breakdown you like that. You know, Frank is credited as being um, a creative consultant as well. Yeah. And I was like, why is he a creative consultant? I don't know. I guess maybe it's, it's like weird to me that he's maybe that's of part of the design of the characters. Maybe is you know what you would be consulting on. I would think that he would be consulting on the puppetry work, or since like he's the, the master of didn't, puppets. Didn't he come on originally as part of the um, as part of like a production design too, like with stage pieces and stuff? Oh, maybe. So maybe it's also to make sure that they keep to his aesthetic and you know, yeah, like his vision of what could be. You know that kind of stuff should be too. Can you imagine growing up with parents who are fucking puppeteers? And like 
these and then becoming one of the best and not wanting to do it and Mm -hmm. then becoming one of the best fucking puppeteers of all fucking time yeah well so okay i went to comic-con a couple weeks ago at this point and i went to the release panel of the sam and friends book by um by craig sheeman what (laughs) i'm just kidding oh no but um craig say that again craig shaman wrote the book sam and friends and they talked a lot about how, like, you know, Sam and Friends was Jim's first thing he ever did for TV. And Jim Henson's want was not necessarily to be a puppeteer, but he wanted to break into television and be able he to do television, television without being on television. Yeah. He wanted to make television and create it and everything, but he didn't want his face to really be yeah. on television. So the puppet is mostly a surrogate for He was his so acting. insecure because he had the acne scars. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I was so in, like, I don't know. They showed some of these old Sam and Friends bits because not a lot of them really exist anymore. And they had an archivist for the Henson Corp there. And she was talking about really? how like, every time they get like a weird box from, you know, the Henson estate or something, how exciting it is to open it up and try to find things. And they found a roll of film recently when they were putting together this book. And it was unprocessed film. And it's like, all of these pictures and everything. And it's like they had, um, what do you call it? They had seen some of these pictures places where Jim had developed just one photo and used it in a scrapbook or something. But now they had all the alternate takes that he had taken photos of and stuff. And it was like they're just building all of this history and uncovering stuff still. It's so neat to hear. That is so cool. You know? And then they handle Ryan Dillon was there. And he talked about like the, the nuances between... Um, between Jane and Jim and their styles and how he said that Jane would drop her drops her thumb mm-hmm. when she performs the characters yeah and how Jim does like figure eights so when you notice Jim's performance like he his characters all move a lot yeah and it's almost like kind of a a cool escape to you can't track the mouth as easily yeah. when it's moving so much you know it but was, Jane was way better at lip syncing yes that's what, what they were talking yeah. about they showed some of these old lip sync videos and when it was like Jim on Jim talking because it was Kermit and Rolf in one of the segments mm. they showed and it was Jane doing like controlling Rolf okay. and Jim controlling Kermit but they were both syncing over dialogue that Jim had already like I see. spoken you know because it was this weird bit. Oh, no, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Rolf. Maybe it was Harry the Hipster. I don't remember now. This was like weeks ago at this point. I feel like Comic-Con was so long ago. But It, it kind of was. It was, was a really cool bit. It was in the beginning cool of bit. October? Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. I, it was just such a neat thing to see, like, all of these creatives that have, like, worked with Jim, worked with Jane, talked with Jane. And when um craig was talking about interviewing jane is jane talking to her no she's passed but he craig was a good friend of hers and vice versa and he had said to her you know like you don't take enough credit for all that you did and he's like that's what he feels like he he's able to do in his book is give jane some of the due that she's due you know i don't know that she didn't take enough credit or she wasn't given the credit by jim that's yeah the like but I feel like, especially when someone's past, you don't want to speak ill of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not to say that you're speaking ill of Jim or I'm about to speak ill of Jim, but like he was not perfect. No, no. And no. And Jane got completely shit on. Yeah. Like basically it was like, 
I want you to teach these guys how to do what you do, but then you stay home with the kids. I and... think that's why I loved that book so much, because it truly was an account of a person, not exactly. an account of the mythical man that created the Muppets. Exactly. It was like this dude And who no was one's flawed. all good, and no one's all bad. Yes. He created something that's basically all good, but mm-hmm. he was not, you know, just all good. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, even when I was listening to the Sesame Street one, I was like, nope, nope, this is too squeaky clean. Like, yeah. it's not, this isn't right. I turned it off. I'm like, yeah. I'm not listening to this. Yep. It's not real enough, man. It's not real and raw. All right, so we have to get back to uh, the Muppet Joe that we're talking about. In her dressing room, Kermit asks if everything is okay with the wig. Not any wig she might be wearing, but the one in the cage that belongs to Smiling Jim Sepulveda and his tap-dancing toupees. Kermit explains that it eats table scraps, so Ken breaks off a piece of the table and feeds it to him. I want a pet wig. That would be fun. This pet wig looks like it's just like the lower half of Chewbacca. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just missing the eyes and nose up. Oh my god. It just looks like his lower half. I wonder if that is, like, technique that later becomes Chewbacca or had become. Someone needs to write a book on this. Someone needs to. Right now. The Creature Shop. So did you notice after this segment, I'm going to keep asking you this, it faded to black. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled next time. Because we're in the UK spot. Rolf sings Man's Best Friend with Afghan Hound, Rover Joe, But I also have to tell you that I do like to guess when the UK spot is, Mm -hmm. so I don't like to know, but it's fucking Ralph, so I know Yeah, hunk shoe, hunk shoe, hunk shoe. I knew it was a UK spot. Next, the Swedish chef prepares to make hot dogs in a large boiling pot. Oh my God. Poor Piggy. Trying to interrupt his act, Miss Piggy covertly asks... If he's seen her dog. my dog, you twit. Dog? Yes. No, oh, the dog is in the party. Chef immediately shows her the sausage that was boiling in the pot. Oh, the dog. The dog. I can't even do it, but... Back in her dressing room, Piggy is frantically searching for Fufu, attempting to calm her down. Diane delivers a rousing speech while Piggy hums, there's no business like show business. I feel like I don't remember that, and I'm scrolling to see if it was in the... You know, it was in the episode, I guess. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hmm? This these descriptions though are so weird because what I remember from this is that like Piggy was literally freaking out. She's mm-hmm. like, I can't do it. Yeah, and then Cannon uh, basically convinces her and was like, the frog is depending on you. The, your fans are depending on you. You need to get you out need- there. The show and must go on. Poor Piggy was like crying in her arms. Uh-huh. Yeah. <gasps> Backstage, Animal gets excited excited over Diane Cannon's drums while Floyd heads in to have a chat with Miss Piggy. By this time, she's figured out it was he who locked her dog in the drawer and karate chops him out of her room. Hi-ya! Downstairs and into the backstage Wait. Area. I love any time a Muppet goes flying. I love that too. But we did forget to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Piggy, I'm rewinding back to the... Miss <laughs> Piggy, yes. Yeah. Tries to karate chop 
the chef. Mm-hmm. And she gets hit in the head with the top of the pot. The of the and pie. she's like, oh. <laughs> and that was very funny to see Piggy kind of get a taste of her own medicine. That's like that old passion, like when you see someone hit a gong in a cartoon and they start vibrating yeah. from like it the, was very, the it was very that. In the pet shop filled with dogs, Cannon sings Big Spender while shopping for a new pet. She lays eyes on a spaniel and immediately falls in love. She sings, I'll take you home with me. We'll live so happily. This may be uncomfortable. Yeah, this is weird because it's kind of like a... What's, what musical is this song from? Hey, Big Spender! It's from... Sweet Charity is the name of the musical? But isn't this song like about... It's like a song about like prostitution, right? I think so. And they're using it here to like mean purchasing a dog? Uh, first of all, adopt, don't shop. Right. Adopt, That's, don't I shop. I want to first of well, all Well, first of all, this was a saying. spaniel. I thought this was a dirty mutt. It did not it, look like a. Yeah. It looked like a dirty mud. It looked like a dirty mud. And you mean no ill will? There, no, no, no. I love like a dirty mud. It looked like a dirty But it mud. just like it didn't look like a purebred. No, not by any means. But like I don't know the whole using that song on there in that segment. And it is, was like, like the dog strange. started singing to her. It was just really weird to me. I, I and I tried to keep putting my finger like why is this making me uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. But, but I think it was like. This is supposed to be like a sexy song almost. I remember this song, as I always say, anytime they play a song from a fucking Broadway musical, from a commercial when we were kids yeah. for the Broadway musical, I guess, Sweet Charity. Mm-hmm. I just remember that, do you want to have fun, fun. fun, laugh, good times. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. Would, like, then it would say like, then it would go, burr, 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 and probably say like, whatever the name of the show was. I'm going was. to Broadway tonight. Yeah? Yeah. So you're going to see Melissa Etheridge on Broadway? Come to my window. I'll be home. I'm coming home. Yep. What my uh, girlfriend is constantly trying to up her game with her um, lesbian uh, birthday gifts to me. So one year she took me to Provincetown for Women's Week. I, I think mean, that was the biggest one. With lesbianism, it's it, you use it or lose it, right? Yeah. So like, you have to go see Melissa Etheridge yeah. because... Otherwise, you'll be in deep trouble. I mean, I think I'm using it all the time. Like, <laughs> I've become more and more of a professional lesbian in Every my life. day. Every day, I'm more of a gay. No, I, like, fixed my own motorcycle. Like, who I'm looking that? at these songs, and I really... I'd... Unless you're a butch-ass dyke. I'm just kidding. Bleep Come that. Come to my window. I'm Unless the only one. I think I'll bleep it just for the Am fun I of it. Because I just, like... Okay, I know. Okay, I know two songs by her. I know two songs by yes. Melissa Etheridge. Yes. Oh wait, wait, wait. Does she captivate you? Captivate you? I think I'm the only one. I think it's the same song. I had this remix. Actually, there was this really good, um, like electric band. I don't know if they were electric, but they were called like Lesbians on Ecstasy. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they did a remix of one of the uh, Melissa Etheridge songs, and it was like really dark and trippy. Yeah. I have to look that up in my Apple Music to see if I can get it. You can't get certain things. I was just looking up. I heard this song this morning by a band called The Times. I was listening to uh, CBB FM. It's like this radio podcast that Scott Ackerman does. And he did an episode with Tegan and Sarah, speaking of lesbians. And um, he played this song for them by a band called The Times. Mm -hmm. They're a UK band from the 80s. And uh, it was an instrumental song 
called Three Cheers for the Sun, and I can't find the song on Apple Music. And I'm yeah. like, I loved it so much. It reminded me of White Tornado mm-hmm. by I R.E.M. Yeah. So I'm like, I need this song because I love it, you know? It's hard. You can't get certain things on uh, streaming. I know. It doesn't make any sense. You can't get certain sense. things on Apple stream, like music streaming. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Get hard copies while you still can. I guess so, Where right? are we in a George Orwell fucking play, man? You ever read 1985? God. That stuff's happening here, man. I love how you said 1985. What is it? It's 1984. That whatever. It's <laughs> happening here, man. You ever read the book 1985? It's the it's sequel. The sequel. <laughs> it takes place one year later, man. <laughs> Floyd wrote it. You'll never believe what happens. <laughs> so as Kermit closes out the show, Piggy expresses her relief to have found Fufu. Janice, however, can't find Floyd. Who stole Janice? This is the fucking Body Snatchers episode of Janice. We'll get to that because I do need to get to the bottom of that. So Piggy says he can breathe through the keyhole. Cannon enters the stage with her new spaniel while Kermit protests one more time that he is not Fufu's dada. That was so stupid. The like, oh, you're you're his you're his daddy, right? Who's your daddy? In- incredibly millennial nonsense in this week's episode. I think it's funny that all these like Gen Zer like gays are trying to tell say that they're daddies. I'm like, you're you don't get to be a daddy yet. You're not a daddy yet. You have to earn being a daddy. They're Gen Z. Yeah, you're not. So a they're daddy. what? Eighteen. 19? Yeah. Come on. You're not a daddy. No. Unless you're a father. Yeah. A parent. Yeah. And even then. Then that would be a parent. Then you're a dad. You're not okay, a Okay, so it says here that Richard Hunt played Janice, but that daddy. can't be true. because Unless maybe he just hasn't done it in so long he forgot what Janice sounds like. Yeah. Okay. He played Janice, but he did Scooter's voice. Yeah. He didn't do Janice's voice. I don't know why. Yeah. I, it's like that time we saw that... Um, What's that? The guy with the muppaphones. I fucking And hate he was him. fully piggy. Then he was Fozzie. Then he was the right Finally, guy. Like yeah. he couldn't get the voice cracked down. Yeah, come on. Even Frank messes up sometimes. Next week, Meg, we're gonna watch the Victor Borge episode. I don't know who this is. I don't know either. Bobby Benson is arrested, and somebody has to take care of his baby band. Oh my god! Are these like the creepy looking baby? Yes, bases? Bobby Benson oh god, gets arrested. Bobby Benson is arrested, and somebody has to take care of his baby band. Mama, mama, mama. Trying mama, to prove mama. to Kermit that she's mother material, Miss Piggy volunteers to take them. The babies go wild in her dressing room, tearing everything up. I cannot wait to watch this episode. This episode sounds really good, actually. Victor Borge was a classical pianist, conductor, composer, songwriter, and entertainer, and actor. Jesus Christ, quadruple, octuple. He has a cool look. I like his look. During his long career, he appeared on radio, television, in movies, and many comedy albums. That's Oscar. Oh, wow, yeah. There he is with Oscar the Grouch. All right, so we're going to watch that episode next week. Join us then. Um, you can time. follow us at ITTWTM. You can message us. We would greatly, we would, we would message really like that. Us. And uh, until next time. Thanks for the gumball, Fozzie.